DM in Tech Online. JBA here, and welcome to bonus episode 21 of Diversity and Mentorship in Technology, where we continue the conversation about diversity, mentorship, careers, and business in technology with our guest. Each bonus episode is tied to a show episode, so don't forget to check that out first if you haven't already done so. Now, one more time, let's reintroduce our guest, Audrey, and get into a deeper discussion regarding the topic of the week, security and platform identity. So, Audrey, welcome back. Hey, thank you very much, Ray. Awesome. So, in terms of the topic of the week, we talked a little bit about the identity management and cross-security platform, and I mentioned you know, my experiences and, and your in-depth uh, knowledge of how secure the platform is. I want to shift the conversation a little bit into mobile because obviously you look at the security platform, you know, cross identity uh, integrations and and sign ons and SCIM. In terms of mobile, there's always been a resistance from a security perspective. You know, mobile's not as secure because you have to use Wi Fi versus a secured network or a public network like a library. Is that still a topic of conversation or are we moving ahead? Or is it kind of still needing extra emphasis on you know, being careful with what you put on the, the mobile devices? Yeah, I would say if you're on a network, I would say it's like still the same. If you're on a network that you do not control, like a public one, like you're in the airport or in the library or whatever, and especially if it doesn't have a password to access it, um, I would definitely be worried about like what you're posting on there or, or what you're saying. Sure. Got it. And so in terms of being careful, is it mostly just in terms of passwords or are you talking about identify? And again, I, I'm uh, very uh, conservative in that instance. I don't <laughs> download apps or anything. So my friends say I'm funny because I'm in tech, but I, <laughs> I'm not on that future side. You don't download apps at all? I do not. I don't download apps. Um, oh. I usually, you know, if I need to use an app that I, doesn't, I can't use on my like, computer, for example, yeah. I generally don't use it. I mean, there have been a few apps like Uber, you know, I've used, but I generally try to keep it very minimal, very minimal. And also try to make sure I don't say passwords and have to log in. But I, I'm, you know, one of the few that I think from the previous generation trying to assess, you know, what's what's safe and what's not, because I my background's in finance. So I mm-hmm. know that sometimes you know it only takes one breach in order to, you know, cause issues. But it seems just from, you know, the SCIM, which you mentioned before, the security protocols, identity management, and it's getting better. It's getting more secure as time goes on. Yeah, it's definitely getting better. I mean like the- those things are kind of separate from mobile. So I guess if we're thinking about like just purely talking about like, oh, what sort of networks are safe to be on? Like I would say as long as you're on your own Wi-Fi network or like a friend or something that you know or at work and you know that it's like a secure network, then I think it's like totally fine to like use and yeah, use it like as you normally would. The places where I personally get a little hesitant sometimes um, is like if I'm at the airport on the, on the Wi-Fi there because you don't really know who's in control, There's it's public, and um, there are a lot of interesting things you can do uh, on those type of networks. For like larger customers who are you know, like using Slack or like any other platform and uh, just trying to make sure that the right people are accessing their information, uh, yeah, SSO, SAML, SKIM are like really, really good ways to go. I want to move on to the topic of the kind of the previous areas of Microsoft and Redfin. Microsoft is a pretty huge company. What was your experience like there? You know, because obviously you look at like Slack, you know, 2013, uh, newer, Microsoft's been around since the 90s, you know, these bigger companies, behemoths. What's the experience like? That's different, of course, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally different. So when I worked at Microsoft, I was on three, I moved, jumped around a bunch, and this kind of goes back to me always being curious. I wanted to meet new people and try new things. So I started out in, um, in SkyDrive 
working on the office and SkyDrive integration. And if folks are like, what is SkyDrive? It is now OneDrive because rebranding happens a lot. Mm. And then after that, I went to Windows Phone. I worked on the location client. So kind of getting a little bit more into like security related things. That team provided the first and third party APIs for developers so they could, you know, figure out where the phone was. And then after that, I went over to Azure and actually went to Azure for a little bit and worked there with someone on to Redfin. So as far as like differences between like large companies like Microsoft and Slack, at least in my experience, uh, the one thing that some things that I really like about Slack versus being at a larger company is that you have like a lot of opportunities to pursue what you think is important and like what you think will like help make the company better. Sometimes looking at a larger company with so many folks, you get really focused and like siloed on like a very particular problem or a very particular area or a very particular uh, piece of technology. And at smaller companies, it's not so much like that. So that kind of goes back to like why I answered, is it better to start at like a larger or smaller company or startup? And I was, I said startup because I'm, I look at, uh, my peers and my coworkers at work and like the kinds of problems that they're exposed to and the type of technology and stuff that they get to do every day. And looking back at my career, I'm like, wow, I just, I would have never had a chance to do that at a large company. You know, like the, that type of work would have been saved for, you know, the senior engineers or like the senior plus, senior plus engineers versus the Slack, like with the right sort of mentorship and guidance and support that, uh, that we provide. Um, you know, you, anyone can do anything kind of thing, which I, I think is really cool. That is definitely cool. And I guess the other question, if you look at the mid-level, I know you worked at Redfin, which I believe is a real estate company, but mostly dealing with like applications. What was that like? Because it seems like a, a transition, you know, think about real estate, it's kind of not tech, you know, the, the tech kind of uh, uh, feel, but it is, it has moved, I think, into the tech arena over the last maybe 10 years. What was that like, I guess, when you, you know, were there? Yeah, so uh, Redfin is really cool. They... The whole, a lot of the idea around Redfin is to like help make the real estate process more efficient and like just move uh, a lot faster and we can do, they can do things like a lot more efficiently. It was a cool space to work in and, and learn. Um, my team, the team I was on in particular, well, I started out on the re-engagement team. So like getting people to like re-engage with the service. And then when I moved over to being a developer, I went to the commerce team, which focused more on what the agents were doing. So at Redfin, it's not just, you know, a bunch of engineers uh, working on things that we also, they also had like uh, employees that were real estate agents and the team that I worked on helped build a lot of tools for those agents to help make their lives like easier and like help like, them to communicate with their customers a lot better. And then I went from the commerce team. I went to, I, I don't know what the team's called now, but I was on the listings team, which dealt specifically with, the listing service, like getting people to sell their home with Redfin and supporting the agents that were doing that type of work. It was a really cool space to be in. One thing that I took away from Redfin or like from the real estate industry was uh, how the different multiple listing services, so MLSs, handled their data. And so this kind of went into a little bit, I guess, like security or like privacy or just kind of maybe more compliance, like making sure we're complying with all these various rules because while, you know, the Bay Area, might have one set of rules over in Maryland. They have a completely different set of rules about like what you can show on the website right. or what you can show on the app and like being able to build tools in and features in that can support both of them was like a really interesting, interesting problem. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I, I was in Virginia and I go there every year on Wednesday to speak at, a, at an event and totally different rules for different municipalities, countries, yeah. cities, and towns. 
And actually, yeah. you mentioned something caught on Bay Area. When I graduated, I have friends who were, oh, come to California. It was a mecca <laughs> yeah. of tech. And, you know, I have friends like, oh, you know, New York Alley, New York and East Coast, which I think there's small pockets of tech have always formed in Texas and a few other places in Minneapolis. Right. But do you find that, I guess, Silicon Valley, like Hollywood, in a sense, will always and still is the be all, maybe not end all, but just be all currently for somebody graduating from college or just really wants to accelerate their career in tech? San Francisco, California, Washington are kind of the meccas still at that point? In the U.S., yeah, I would say that. I kind of Seattle, Seattle Bay Area is really, really pop, is a really great place to start your career. But there are a couple of other places I would like also consider. So Atlanta has like a really growing uh, tech industry down there. And I, I always like thought like, oh man, Atlanta, it's like way warmer down there. It's so cool. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we, we just had two storms, so indeed. <laughs> yeah, so Atlanta's Atlanta's that's another spot I think about as you were saying like New York because there's like pockets there, but it kind of depends on like what sort of technology you want to go into as well. Because if you want to go into like finance and, and that kind of stuff, like you definitely want to go to like the New York, the New York area, or the Northeast. Southern California also has uh, pockets of things, uh, but yeah, if, if you want like your typical traditional tech industry, then yeah, it's probably uh, Seattle or. Uh, the Bay Area, and maybe Atlanta. That makes sense. And it's definitely warmer DMIT. You know, New York in 2008, we're in March now. We had a couple of storms, so I'm always tempted to, to go out there one day or Florida. We'll, we'll see. But uh, or, uh, Never Florida, no. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I went to just a quick story. I went to um, San Diego. I was working in San Diego oh, in 2014. Cool. Yeah. And I remember talking to my dad. He's, oh, you're going to you know, like it down there. And everyone said the weather was perfect. I didn't believe him because coming from New York, you're thinking, yeah. you know, how perfect can perfect be? And it's so perfect, I yeah. went down there. It is. <laughs> yeah. Every day, every day. And so I uh, definitely appreciate the, the better weather. But um, Audrey, thanks again for coming on the show and providing tremendous value. And I definitely appreciate taking the time out to share with our listeners some insights and also some, some mentorship. Yeah, of course. It was my, truly my pleasure. This was like a really, really good time. Thanks again.